Good evening and welcome to another edition of the Jamie Sports Blog Podcast. I'm Todd. I'm joined as always by my buddy Rob. What's going on, Rob? Not much. How are you doing? I am doing good. This is going to be one of the longest shows we've ever had. It is. Uh, there we're are, nearly an hour into it. <laughs> yes, there are massive, um, three massive topics to discuss tonight. We're actually going to keep our normal football one to its probably most limited format we yes. ever have um, tonight. Well, that's the goal. But, uh, that's the goal, at least. Yes. Welcome, uh, everybody. So glad to have you on us. Um, the Spiders were stomped this weekend, uh, for better or worse. And it's on to Delaware, another old rival uh, this this coming weekend in the football space. Uh, but we, more than anything, are really excited. We're going to have Coach O, our favorite guest of the year, on for to preview the upcoming women's basketball season as well. Um, just spent some time with him and, and really grateful for that. And I think we got to talk about some off the field stuff before we get off the yeah, phone here tonight, well, Rob. Yeah, uh, yeah I know <laughs> we do. Um, so anyways, as always, we're brought to you by Mossy Creek Fly Fishing in Harrisonburg, Virginia. Go by the shop, mention the podcast. You could still get some coasters, Mossy Creek coasters there. You could get a free sticker. Uh, it's just been incredible weather the last few days, uh, Saturday notwithstanding during the game, at least during the second half of the game. And during my race. Um, yeah, so really fun time to be in the Valley and get out and go fishing with Mossy Creek. I don't have anything else. Rate and review us. Subscribe to the podcast. Um, there's going to be so much JMU content. Rob, I, I think it's fair to say we will try. The only thing I can say is we will try to address. If there is any major news about the Dukes, we will try to address it in a semi-timely fashion. There'll, there'll be an but emergency not, podcast if necessary. Yeah, we're not a big emergency pod uh, place, right? I think we. When is the last time we've when Houston's when they hired Byington? Houston's no, it was Houston Houston's week? fake crocodile tears after practice when he's uh, about yeah, the, the Charlotte night. Thing. Yeah, yeah, that's the only time we I think we've ever done an emergency pod. Yeah. Um, Maybe we'll do that with like better news this week, but I don't even know about that. So yeah, who knows? it's football Stand season. By. We'll we'll definitely be back by next Monday. Um, <laughs> Rob, let's talk about football. Let it's Tuesday night. We waited a little bit tonight um, because we got a chance to talk to Coach O, and that was really important to us. And because we need a little time to break down the game ourselves, I think. Uh, and, by the and way, I Rob, screwed up the schedule. Let's be honest. I, I didn't realize I had my kid at a little league game, so I messed it oh, up. Oh yeah, you <laughs> forgot to ask Coach about how to. Coach oh yeah, crap! I need yeah. that. I need, oh, yeah, I need a book, or uh, YouTube video, or something. Right, and I I should say before we even get started, Rob. I mean, this is I guess it's our podcast, so I could say this. Big congrats to both Belknaps on third place finishes in a very difficult half marathon this weekend. Oh, um, I didn't down know in the that. Shenandoah Valley, yes, um, third place um, veteran men and third place veteran women. I, I don't know how to say that. Well, I was also grouped into the veteran category. Well, and congrats for, for people who don't know, Todd ran an unseemly distance over the weekend. What'd you say it was 31 miles? 34. It was supposed to be 31. It was almost 35. I mean, well, yeah. You get above the, 30 and it's, it's all just hell, but, um, yeah, there's very angry people out there in Shenandoah County about the three extra miles. Um, but those are, those were free, I guess. So, yeah. That's, yeah. You, you pay for the first 31, the, the last three are on the house. Yes. So um, better you than me, but congratulations, man. That's a, that's a big thank, accomplishment. Thank you. This year has been very rewarding in that way. And, and thanks for the support. So uh, look on the four downs, let's start it off, Rob. What was your first takeaway from the game this weekend? Caveats aside and kind of, oh, I know it was backup quarterback or the backup to the backup, but the defense stepped up in a big way. 
after yep. we took them to task for some stuff that we saw and we didn't really like the play at Villanova, um, they were absolutely dominant. And I know Bo English is not a superstar. Jamie has been very fortunate to face a lot of backup quarterbacks. Uh, it looks like they'll be doing it again this weekend, but they were utterly dominant. I think I read today Richmond only crossed midfield three times, only once in the mm-hmm. second half. Jamie had a season high six sacks. Um, they were all over the quarterback. I thought the secondary looked much, much better. They looked to be in sync. Uh, they're, they're still, we can nitpick that the tackling still leaves a little bit desired at times. Oh, but, yeah. Um, I just think it, people want to rationalize it and say, oh, you know, Richmond was down. There wasn't their top QB. So what? That was a great game. It's just mm-hmm. the turnaround week to week. I thought was outstanding. And for me, um, I can be as nitpicky and I don't want to say cynical, but as skeptical or, or poke holes in in wins like anybody else. But I don't think it's fair to do that. I, I just thought the D was outstanding. You, you only can make plays against the guys you line up against. It's not their right. fault that it was Bo English or that it was the third string or even that fourth string guy at the end. Yeah, They made the plays they needed to play. I mean, they, they limited them to three points, absolutely dominant. Richmond could do nothing. Um so I don't just hats off. I thought it was a great response and, and said a lot about that side of the ball. I did too. I thought there were some real positive signs on that side of the ball. I, th- I do think that's by far the biggest takeaway of this game for me was just we were, I was particularly down on the defense for their contributions to the demise against yeah. Villanova, right? When th- they were the one unit I relied upon and they had really, you know, they, they were just as at fault against Villanova as the other units. And yeah, I thought they really bounced back. Well, I think it really helps. They're starting to get some players back. You know, I, I think having MJ Hampton back in the lineup more substantially helped. He played very well uh, too. He was not just back. Played he well. played well. Right. I, I think, um, and even the missed tackles, I, I noticed them as well, but even the missed tackles were largely guys were in the right place. Like they were moving downhill sort mm-hmm. of towards the right place and then missing the play. Like is it, is it fair a, to say they were effort missed tackles? <laughs> yeah, I know that's yeah, yeah. people like I, they were charging and, I, and they just Yeah, I don't want to call them out, but there was one where a guy recognized a screenplay, yeah. sort of shed his blocker and had a chance and missed it. Yeah. But he was making the play that he was supposed it, to make. Yeah. You know, it was didn't fall through. Yeah. The Villanova game, there were some missed tackles where like guys had already caught the ball twelve yards downfield. And we're backing up and we're still missing the tackle, yeah. you know, whereas this was like, I'm in the right place. I'm doing the thing. I'm, I'm doing my assignment and I didn't make the play. Yeah. I mean, I don't, you know, or in Q Reed's case, he got really banged up on that destructive tackle yeah. that he put on that guy. Yeah. And I think then he was like, it's just tough, right? He had a mm-hmm. stinger and I, I don't want to like give him a hard time about that. So I, yeah, I, I thought the defense was great. I'm with you. You can only play what's out there. Uh, I thought this whole game, Rob, I mean, maybe this is a kind of a second down thing, but like the whole game, like, I don't know what to read into this. Um, <laughs> it was you know, boring. It was boring. It was boring. boring yeah. We also beat Richmond. Richmond was never in the game ever. Like I was that's, never concerned. Were you? That, that's like, what made it boring. Like it just, yes. it wasn't a competitive game. Um, right. Then it was raining and they really seemed to go into kind of autopilot and just like, let's protect the ball and get out of here. And that's effective. I mean, you, you beat your rival, you beat them by 16. Yeah, It's tough. To I, I can tell you too, and everybody else can too. I mean, I spent a lot of time outdoors on Saturday in that rain about two pleasant. hours before it got to Richmond. It yeah. was not a pleasant part yeah. of that game. And I do yeah. think Signetti, you can call him conservative and he is, but like 
you get up 16-3, 19-3 against a team that cannot move the ball against you. Like, and now it's pouring down rain in 25 mile an hour wind. Like, I'm not doing anything either. Um, so, anyways, my second point, I guess, I do want to give a little credit again, JMU fans. You are the Spiders' defense is pretty good. Like that guy, those couple of those linemen and linebackers are good players, Rob. I think we like, just faced the two best defenses we're going to face in the regular season. That's what I kind of think. Yeah. yeah. I, you I know, mean, I mean, the problem Richmond did very well against have... Virginia Tech, and I know Virginia Tech yeah. is having a down year, but that's a big, strong team, an FBS team. They hold their own defensively. So. Yep. Yep. That was good. And then the other thing I want to talk about, I mean, you could see it coming back. Both Percy and Mike Green look like themselves, like truly back to, you know, those are guys that were banged up and didn't play. And they've been helping. It's been nice, right, having them back. But they look like themselves this weekend. I mean, Green was just destroying, like, every play. Yeah, he was And awesome. Bryce Carter, Isaac Ukwu, those guys are getting free shots, <laughs> you know, because Green is just taking on two or three blockers in the middle every play. Um, Percy, that one run he had, I think it was after halftime. The, it might have been right before the half, but the, the one where he kind of broke it around the outside. And you could just tell his full speed and like confidence in the speed was there. You know, I mean, he wasn't thinking about any nagging injuries. He was just running. So, uh, you know, I I was happy to have both those guys back. I I think for third down, we got to talk about the line, but just that kind of, it's interesting to me, Rob, because I wonder about Antoine Wells has been a warrior with this ankle injury for the last like three or four weeks. He still went over hundred yards again. He did, but I have to wonder, like, they're getting through this five-game stretch. If they could beat Delaware this week, they will have made it through this gauntlet. Like, I'd really like to see him, you know, I'd like to see him get back to full health at some point, but he keeps, you know, that one long pass play he had in the second half, he obviously came up really limping again. And, you know, I don't know what the consideration is, but I'd have to think about trying to get him some rest wherever you can. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it'd be I, nice to have him back at 100% come playoff time, you know. Oh, it would be very nice. That'd be yeah. a luxury. That'd be a luxury. Yeah. Um, um, it was good to see Reggie Brown mm-hmm. back out there. Um, he was involved again. Bracey. Uh, Bracey had a big catch. Yeah. Yep. Um, you know, Van Horse is back in the mix a little bit. I, you know, there's some. Well, he had the touchdown, things. didn't he? He did have the touchdown on that play. By the way, that play was awesome. That's the play, Rob. You remember when we used to play like Madden and. NCAA. That's that that running back like the drag. You know, it's yeah. The Z cut or yeah. whatever where he goes around the end and then cuts mm-hmm. back to the middle. It's always open. Yep. Yeah, it works every time. Everyone who's ever played any yeah. video game football knows that play. Yeah. Uh yeah, that was awesome. So you got anything else there, Rob, no. that you were thinking of specifically? Well, I mean, I think third down, I think you hinted at it. It's the offensive line. And this is really weird because it's with the benefit of waiting a few days it's kind of softened my perspective and maybe I'm going to the point where I'm, I'm putting the purple glasses back on, but like during the game, I was very concerned because you're watching it happen. You don't really have the time to think or see the big picture. And like a lot of people, I was very frustrated that they were not really able to run between the tackles, but they kept doing it. And, you know, it's like, Oh, come on, just bounce around outside. But then after you wait a couple of days, you're like, well, what's the point? Sometimes the point is you need to learn to run between the tackles. And if it's not working, maybe you just kind of do it. Like there's not a lot of downside. It was very obvious from midway through the second quarter, they were going to win that game. Um, you didn't have the letdown. So 
yeah, it would have been nice to see them bounce around running up, but there's also a small part of me that says like, there, there's some value in trying and failing and figuring some stuff out and mm-hmm. just trying to break through. I, I think the offensive line, the inexperience and having Gillespie not come back and then Fernando get yep. hurt has so been very thing. good to see some young guys get a chance to play. <clears throat> but it's a tough position to move into as a young player. And we were seeing some struggles and it's impacting the running game in terms of the power running game. Mm-hmm. It's definitely impacting Cole. Cole is... Yep. I mean, Cole is still making smart decisions. Mm-hmm. He was, I mean, he threw for over 60% again, 270 yards, but he's forced to kind of take a lot of checkdowns. Now he's smart enough to do that. And in this game, it all works out, but I, it kind of all comes down to the offensive line. And there was some pressure on him and Cole wasn't really doing anything spectacular. He's just making the smart play. So it's very frustrating, but I also come to the other side, like if you can just get a little bit of improvement from a very specific area. Like we all know what needs to improve. It's not some big mm-hmm. mystery here. We're not being like, what's yep. wrong with the offense? Well, the offensive line isn't creating holes like they were against yep. some of the weaker teams and they're not creating enough, you know, enough time for Cole. You fix those things. I really believe this team is off and running. I mean, even without them, they threw for nearly 300 yards in the rain. Yep. Um, just yep. by dinking and dunking because you've got receivers who can move after they catch it. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got Van Horst back. We saw he's, he's a weapon in the passing game. Percy, as you mentioned, had a pretty strong game. You know, he didn't go for Luttrell. bonkers, but it was one of those, like, you know, 13, 14 carries for like 70 yards. It was a good game. Yep. Latrell. So um, they're missing black. I think they missed the, the change of pace with mm-hmm. him. But I really think if the offensive line can just get a little bit better, they don't need mm-hmm. to be 2016 level. They get a little bit better. I think this offense will start clicking. Yeah. And I'm hopeful. I, uh, maybe I'm biased. Maybe the media has, has gotten to me today. But the Medea article uh, today or yesterday about the offensive line, you know, Signetti was really trying to encourage them. And he, he did not seem down about it. And I was reminded that um, Robaleski, the O-line coach, is probably one of our better, better coaches. Yes. And, you know, someone that I believe can continue working with this line to get it better. I also thought it was interesting. Signetti definitely pointed out that there is, you know, they're not holding their breath, but they really think maybe they're going to get Fornado back before the season is over. I mean, I'm not, you know, again, I don't think you can count on him coming back and then staying healthy, but um, I think this line has room to keep growing. They're playing three freshmen. Yeah. And that's what, like, guess, let's remember that. Like, you know, yeah. And what you're saying in terms of Signetti being encouraging, that's why I think he was being stubborn on Saturday, continuing to try to run the ball, but it's mm-hmm. not because he's an idiot or he lacks creativity. I think he's, he's like, tr- we're, we're going to win this game. We need to learn how to do this. We need to learn how to do this. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. And we're going to keep at it until we. And yeah. I did yeah. not appreciate that in, in real time. I was like, <laughs> no, what I think is a lot going of on? Not. You know, you get very cool. Well, it was it. funny for me because I didn't, I didn't get a chance in real time to really sit down and watch the game yeah. until it was, I think it was right before halftime. So mm-hmm. it was already like 10-3 or 13-3 Dukes. So I was like, oh, they're doing fine. Yeah. And then by the time, you know, then it went to half. And by the time they came back, it was like terrible weather in the third quarter. And I'm like, yeah. eh, I don't really like just keep it wasn't compelling. Three. I don't, and then now it's like not really a game. You're just kind of like doing what you can do. Um, yeah. So who knows on that? I, uh, I, one thing I think we should talk about specials, Rob. Um, thought, you know, nice. To, Racky made four field goals. Yeah. Right. So no, no, whatever concerns we had, it's good to see those put behind him. Also thought Jack Shrova had a really good game, uh, returning punts. I know there was he one, one that back, bounced. Didn't he? 
He had a long one called back, but that's not on him. But I also thought he made some good plays, just like catching the ball and making the right play, kind of. I, yeah. I, I don't know. I I just want to keep pointing out, I was really critical of him in the spring, and I really think he's a kid that seems to be trying. He really seems to be trying to improve and gaining confidence, and I'm really excited about what they've found there. And you could tell because they're playing, uh, we've talked about this before, but they're playing Jordan Swan at corner. Like, Shrove is the punt returner. Yeah, that's <laughs> so true. I, yeah, that's his role now. And and the other guy that was in competition is needed on defense. Um, yeah. So, anyways, a couple more guys to get back healthy on the defensive side of the ball, on both sides of the ball, actually. But it is nice to see this team rounding into form a little bit. I mean, I did see, like we said, MJ Hampton. You just see some of the Taurus Carroll. There's some guys out there, right? And you're like, oh, that's the team we – back from the main 55-7 to seven, or the team that got on the plane to go to Weber. You know, like, yeah, I, I really just think it's, and I know it's simplistic, but I think if you just get a little more time for Cole Johnson and he gets in a rhythm, we've seen when he mm-hmm. gets in a rhythm and he's confident, he's mm-hmm. a completely different quarterback. Mm-hmm. Completely. And everybody's talking about him like, oh, maybe his ceiling is a game manager based on the game. Well, that's not true. We've seen his ceiling, or maybe we haven't. Maybe it's higher than we've seen, but we've seen him go out there and make tough throws and get in a rhythm mm-hmm. and really take charge of this team. Mm-hmm. So just because we didn't see that on a Saturday, in a non-competitive game with 20 mile per hour gusts in the rain and, you know, an offensive line that was struggling a little bit does not mean that he's regressed to the point where he's not a championship quarterback. Mm-hmm. He's, he's definitely, mm-hmm. he's gotten very high potential. He took this team to the semis last year. There's no reason to believe that, that he's regressed or he can't reach those heights again. Mm-hmm. So, yep. So, well, I mean, I don't have a whole lot else. Is there one thing you're looking forward to this weekend? They're going to Delaware. They're going to face a, some combination of a second and third string quarterback again this week. Um, Delaware appears to be just from the Delaware media's take. They are very concerned that this, the wheels have come off. Oh, they're, um, they're, and that, they're looking for a new coach on, you know, the fans are all moving on beyond Rocco. Yeah. And, and, uh, and, and, and you could tell, I mean, when the wheels are coming off, JMU is not the opponent you want coming to Newark um, either. But I, I also think Jamie really needs to finish this out. And that's no disrespect to who do we have? Elon. Elon may be better than Delaware for all I know at this point. But Elon and Campbell coming up after this at home, Jamie finally comes home. But this this five game stretch where they had four on the road, um, you know, we wanted them to go four and one. We didn't count on them losing the one at home out of that five. But if they could get through this week, it really you know, I think we'll feel a lot better about the season. Yeah. I, again, right. I will go on the record and say any win, regardless of style points or anything in Newark is a good win. Historically, yeah. it's been very difficult. Um, it's just, it's not an easy place to play. Jamie struggled there in the past, had some big wins. So I think Justin Thorpe had one of his, arguably his best wins. <laughs> the guy was there for that one. Yeah. yeah. I've gone with Thomas to that one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right, yeah. So anyway, it, it's a big opportunity. And it's also an opportunity to really kind of, Step on a longtime rival's throats. It, this can ruin oh, yeah. Delaware. Se- this will end their season, and it, it might even end Danny Rocco's tenure. So, there's a lot of opportunity here to get out with a big win and really sure solidify their their place in the CA down the stretch. Right, and and your roadie Rams lost this weekend, so yes. um, we're back to sort of you know, it's JMU and Villanova, and obviously Villanova's in the driver's seat. Well, but- they got the game in hand, yeah. 
Yeah, that's what I, I mean. They're they obviously, you know, it'll take a lot, but at the same time, I feel like you know, Jamie's in a good position right now. But if Villanova um, runs the table and Jamie yeah, comes no up, problem. you're like. You're They're still, both going to be seated. You're both going to be yeah. seated. No, Villanova yeah. will get a top four seed. JMU is not going to probably seven or eight, but I'll, I'll take it. All I really want, I mean, the top eight is more important than anything else yes. for JMU, right? Yeah. I, the, you got to, because not playing the extra game, the buy is what you want. Everything else is gravy. And, but as we've seen in the past, you know, it, you're not, the home games are not guaranteed, you know, like that whole, People can lose and you can end up playing at home. I mean, after the tournament starts, you let it all chips fall where they may a little bit. And you'd obviously rather play in Bridgeforth, but save Fargo, you're not really walking into any difficult environment. Just the nature of FCS football with short ticket sales. Like it's, you just got to win the football games, you know? So home field is great, but come on now. And in 04, they won every game on the road. Right. You know, and this year where they're, you know, it's just going to be a weird year. I, I feel like there's, who knows? I mean, Going south in December is not the worst thing in the world either, mm-hmm. just from a weather standpoint yeah. sometimes. So, I, you know, in the past, it's been like JMU is one of the Southern teams. I don't think that's the case this year, the way the field is shaking out. So let's just, yeah, stay in that top eight. Don't play on Thanksgiving weekend. We'll all be happier fans. <laughs> and if JMU wins out, they're going to be in the top eight. There, I, I don't have any. Yeah, I have no doubt. There is no mm-hmm. doubt about that. That whether they're ranked sixth, seventh, eighth right now doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. They'll be a top eight seed see. if they win out from yep. now on. So this this is the most important game on the schedule um, at the moment. So go get it. Until then next come week. home and have some fun. Well, well, yeah, but I mean, I also it's exciting. Like come home for Elon and Campbell and Towson. Like they have three of their last four at home or whatever it is. You know, get through this week and then then let's see how they you know, things shake out as everybody else keeps suffering attrition and the Dukes yeah. keep getting healthier, you know, I, I'm, this is the one that they got to finish this string. I think so. they do. Cause you look at last year, it was such an odd year with it being COVID and everything, but I didn't think they played particularly well in any regular season game. You know, I, no. I had questions. I, I didn't know what this team was last year. The game Golden they teams. played the best was that crazy William and Mary game when they didn't, when they were missing like half the play. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, um, yeah. So I, yeah, you're right. I, but then they played really well. Correct. In the playoffs. Like in you know, the I was playoff, very worried going game. into the VMI game, the playoff yes. game. I was like, this, I don't know what this team has. And they came out and they, they showed me something and it just got better and then from the there. the North so. Dakota game. I yeah. Think, yeah. It's all very confusing to me. I have to say. I, so there, it's, there it's, is a little bit of like, just survive in advance. You know, like we're very, mm-hmm we've got a very high bar as JMU fans and we don't just want victories. We want blowout victories and we want mm-hmm. style points. And you know, the team that hasn't done that has been North Dakota state every year. You and I are scoreboard watching and we get very excited one or two times during the year. We're like, Oh, look, Oh, they lost it. Oh, they're, they're only winning 17, 13 or something. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter. They keep grinding out wins and you move on and then you peak in the playoffs. And that's really the recipe here. So I, I know a lot of, a lot of fans, myself included, were, kind of having a lot of a minor minor freak out moment on Saturday. Like, I don't know what this is team. They won. They beat a big rival. They beat them on the road. They did it without any major injuries. And now it's on to the next one. So um just improve the offensive line plan and things will take off. Yep. That's right. I don't I don't have anything else to cover. it's weird to say that about a Richmond game and a Delaware coming up, but I don't. Um no. yeah, so that that's it for football. Rob, should we do this now? Should we come back? I don't. You know. 
Yeah, might as well. Uh, might just, as well. So yeah. look, this is our overtime. We're doing it before we'll put the Coach O interview um, on. But we got to talk a little bit about realignment stuff. Maybe we're ahead of – I don't know, Rob. Maybe we're a little – we may be a few hours ahead of the general fan base in terms of our decision to even talk about this tonight. We have no news that no anybody news. else has. Well, no, we never no will. We never will. No. Let's just get there. No. We'll never no, do no, We anything. never do. Never will. Um, but a bunch of things have happened this week. I guess we'll do it that way, right? The American announced that they are adding a bunch of schools from Conference USA. Yes. They are poaching three Texas schools from Conference USA um, along with UAB. It doesn't really matter. Whatever. A bunch of schools that don't matter to us. Yeah. Um, The schools that are being poached from Conference USA do not include Old Dominion or Marshall, Mm -hmm. the only Conference USA schools that are most of us care about. Somewhat most of us care about, right? Yeah. So, um, Conference USA sent their desperate attempt to the AAC to try to merge the leagues. That didn't happen. Then the AAC poached all these Conference USA schools, and the Sun Belt has been sitting in the background, kind of laughing at this whole thing. Uh, they, who knows what's going to happen with the Sun Belt? But I will say this: right, the Sun Belt is an ESPN league that, in the midst of everyone else reshaking, has been one of the biggest winners in all of this. And they don't have a lot of incentive to divide their revenue share among other schools if they think they have the 10 schools in the league on lockdown. Um, so I don't know. It, we're down to the Sun Belt or Conference USA as potential destinations if JMU still has their sights set on FBS. There are a couple of interesting data points here. I mean, I think first it's safe to say that you and I had both in the last six months realized that the Sun Belt might actually be better than Conference USA. Well, I think um, most college football fans who are paying attention and said it's trended that way and largely like you don't yeah. know how sustainable it is, but certainly what Coastal did and is doing this year and apps had some success. And Louisiana, yeah. You know, Louisiana, Lafayette, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then Conference Three USA struggling a little bit. Well, one of the interesting things, though, is through all of this crazy rumors and news is that Conference USA, as it stands, I don't know, today or tomorrow, whenever all this becomes official, is actually more attractive to JMU than it was like three weeks ago. I, I think so, too. And I think other because fans will Because you don't have UT San Antonio, Rice, it's and not a, it's North not Texas. A Western face league. Right. And, and a lot of fans, I think, will be in the of, the of the opinion like if Jamie goes to conference you say oh we should have done this 10 years ago well no Jamie, we Jamie had was, a great last 10 no, years if we get exactly. to the same place we would have been like yeah. fine by well, me or we could have been ODU nobody wants to say that yeah we like, had it, a shitty last 10 years yes yeah. so I wouldn't trade yeah. the last 10 years it's been great and also like it this is better like it, it becomes yeah. a little more regionally based it's not perfect and you can you can draw a scenario where conference USA does not exist next year you, we don't need to hide that like we're not saying this is some sort of there's not panacea here where it's perfect but you can also you know envision a scenario where it works out quite well and it has become some version of a regionalized conference that makes sense where you're playing peer institutions mainly and and peer forget i'm not talking like academically or i don't no, want to get no. into that like that's leave that for yeah. the professors but i'm talking in terms of 
what people investment. want or what schools want out of their sports program, what fans want to support in terms of game day and travel. ODU and Marshall are pretty good in that regard. You know, well, they, the, the real key here for me is can – so suddenly a lot of those schools that are remaining in Conference USA – don't want to be in conference USA. Yes. Right. And so the key here is like, if, if the Sunbelt poaches Marshall, then that really hurts what I just said about conference USA being more attractive than it once than it was three weeks ago. Yeah. Um, So that's really difficult. At the same time, the other weird thing about this Rob is by losing the Texas schools and whoever else there, whatever doesn't matter schools that are leaving. Um, Conference USA, the dumb thing they did 10 years ago was go after markets. And That's what Sun the ACC went, All right. And Sunbelt went after football tradition and established fan bases or stuck with those. Mm-hmm. And that turned out to be better. And Coastal. The weird thing, the weird thing was, is- made the, no sense. Right. No, made, made no and sense. The, and they've gotten lucky with it. So. Yeah. The weird thing is, though, the remainder, the dregs of Conference USA that aren't going to the AAC are actually more along the Sunbelt lines. Like- Marshall is a tradition program. Southern Miss is a tradition program. Louisiana Tech is a tradition program. Like those are, and to a lesser extent, um, Mitsu, Middle Tennessee and Western Kentucky are tradition. And those are also kind of basketball, basketball schools. tradition programs, right? But I mean, those are not markets necessarily, right? Um, those are schools that none of those schools, Hattiesburg, Mississippi is not a market. It's just where Brett Favre went to school, right? Yeah, I mean, those just, are schools, right? I mean, I. so I don't know, right? It, a lot of it is just luck too, though. Like we can yep. sit there and, and we can look backwards and mm-hmm. pretend like we're reading the tea leaves and craft a story like that. Yep. But also like if if you or I would have been asked 10 years ago, well, who's going to be more successful for, some, for the Sun Belt, Georgia Southern or Coastal Carolina? We would have said Georgia, Georgia Southern. Southern. And we would not have yep. hesitated – I would have laughed because I, I thought up until two years ago, I was yeah. like, what is Coastal Carolina doing? They, they were playing in a glorified high school stadium. They're in the kind of Myrtle Beach. Like, hey, what is going on? Like, there's no tradition. And then they just kind of things come together and they catch fire. And last year I was like, well, that's a flash in the pan. They're just as good this year. So I don't know how sustainable it is, but some of it is just dumb luck. Like, you, yeah. you don't know what's going to happen. Um but I do think there's a lot of merit to what you're saying where if given the choice of chasing a market or chasing a program that has a history and the infrastructure, mm-hmm. well, clearly you should, you should go for the program. It doesn't make sense otherwise. And the AAC has not learned that lesson. They're still rolling the dice and just hoping that markets will come together. UTSA, they're very good this year. Maybe mm-hmm. they're just on the cusp and this is the turning point. And it's amazing. If you're 10 years ago, they weren't right. even really a program. But I don't know if I'd roll the dice on that just yet. If I was if I was the AAC, I would rather invite Marshall, even though they've been down for a yes. couple of years. Yes. You know, and I'm glad they didn't. If JMU right. can Well, that's what I was gonna say. I mean, that said, from a purely JMU standpoint, I don't care about any of that. I just care that I hated Conference USA, and one of the major reasons I hated Conference USA so spread out. was it was so spread out and it didn't make any sense. Now we have our own feelings on Liberty. I think we've been very clear on those over time, but if you have a conference that hypothetically had old dominion, Marshall, JMU and Liberty, well, that starts to make a lot more sense. Yes. 
in, in terms of all sports across the board stuff, right? Yeah. Um, FIU is still in the conference. That's a recruiting area and a fun place to go, yeah. right? I'm not saying it's a good facility or FAU is the other one that is going yeah. to AAC, whatever. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. Look, best case scenario, the Sun Belt invites, decides to expand and they invite JMU and, JMU, Marshall, and some combination of Old Dominion and Middle Tennessee or something like that, right? I mean, that would be fantastic. Um, I don't know that that's the case, right? JMU, Marshall, and Southern Miss go to the Sun Belt, sure. But who knows? I don't know what's going to happen. I am 100% confident that Jeff Bourne has made his pitch and is making all of the calls he needs to make, and he's positioned to do what's best for JMU. And and if people want to accuse me of being a homer or just mm-hmm. – you know, purple glasses during the Kool-Aid, that's fine. Yeah. But he has been very patient throughout this. I, I don't think he's like, you know, he, he's not Ricky Jay moving all the cards back here. No, like, no, no but, no. but I do think he's he's well positioned and he knows what's going on and he's going to do what makes sense and he's going to take the best opportunity. It is not going to be perfect, but I, what we've been reading about the schools that the AAC went after combined with ODU's very – weird statement by their Well, that president. was one of the other two data points here that I think are at least worth mentioning are Old Dominion's president issued a statement today uh, that said Old Dominion, I think it, I should pull this up. The yeah. direct quote is they are very optimistic about adding rivals or regional rivals, regional rivals that make sense for Old Dominion or something. Yeah. Um, so that make Take of that what you will. That could be liberty, right? I, I have no idea. Um, and we heard today that JMU, who's doing its own media day for basketball, um, like not, as I understand it, not, not a not CAA a thing, thing, but like a JMU, JMU media day, which is partially to hype the Atlantic Union Bank Center and like this whole, they've been pushing these single game tickets a lot mm-hmm. to the extent that I'm concerned they haven't sold their... Mm-hmm. Right. Like I, I've just, I've gotten a lot of communications lot of about these. Yeah, me too. Right. And I'm like, I wonder if they're not meeting their, what they had hoped, which I think is a problem just generally post COVID for all sports, all events right now. Um, but JMU announced that Jeff Bourne was part of the media availability on Thursday for Q and a for one hour. Now, I don't know. That could just be like a placeholder for all I know, but there was some Metlin tweets today about like, should I live stream this? Like, yeah. what? I don't know, right? I think I, I think they're doing what they can do, but I think there's so much of this that's beyond their control. Is what right. I'm trying to say. Like, I, I think. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, it's, I know. Matt, Rob, did you get your Madison Magazine? Your I did. Thing? I did. You, I don't know if you noticed, but it was particularly sports heavy. It was. Um, and and there was a no, there was a piece from Jonathan Alger about the value of athletics yes. based on the softball run. Like, yeah. they've done everything they can to try to line themselves up and position both externally and with our own but now you need to catch a break but now you need to catch now they need to catch a break and that's what it comes down to like that that's what i'm saying like i i actually think alger's doing a good job i think born's doing a good job you need to let the aac trickle down you need to let it hit conference usa see how they respond sunbelt of sunbelt states at 10 and they go you can't just say we want to move and we're ready and and you create your own opportunity like you can you can create chances you can create excitement but you need a place to land and that hasn't emerged yet so well one thing i would i thought about today for the first time you and i and fans 
have noticed in the last like two years how the Sun Belt has like progressed in football, for example, right? But that's not the way presidents and chancellors think, right? They think more long-term, more strategic. And I just was thinking about the ODU statement and about Alger and the setup of the Montpelier and all this stuff. I was like, Alger doesn't care if Coastal is good right now or Louisiana is good right now. He cares about talking to the ODU president about how to lobby Richmond for more money for the frickin' science department yeah. right you know like that's who he cares about a little bit and how not to be in trouble with kirk cox for the way we spend on athletic funding mm-hmm. or whoever the next governor is right yeah i, I don't know i just I, to me it was like I, I don't know we'll see we'll see what happens we'll see what happens this week next week um gosh i'm exhausted of all this already right i am too i am with you on one thing though that is that don't let anybody tell you if JMU ends up in Conference USA, there are valid arguments to be made for whether that's a good idea or a bad idea right now, right? I mean, whether it's worth moving to FBS to go to the dregs of Conference USA or not, that's a valid argument. What's not a valid argument is like, well, we should have done that 10 years ago, or we could have just done that 10 years ago. We've had a great 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> Best time of JMU history. Yeah. The program, right? the and, program was not on equal footing 10 years ago. No. So if we end up in the same place, we would have been... Ten years ago, we had a much better ten years than correct anybody else in conference. Multiple game days, you know. Right, went to Oklahoma City a national like, championship. Yeah. Went to Oklahoma City, won a lacrosse title. Yeah, yeah, like come on, can't take <laughs> like, away that. No, so been three trips to Frisco. I mean, come on, yeah. yeah, you can't beat that. So, yep. Anyways, I think that's all we got, Rob. Right? Yeah, I'm done. I'm Let's done. talk to Coach O and get out of here. Yep. Yeah, uh, we'll we'll be back with overtime and who knows what next week. All right, all right. All right. Thanks, Go Dukes. And welcome back to the JMU Sports Blog Podcast. Uh, Todd and Rob, and we are so thrilled to have our absolute favorite guest, our annual favorite show of the year here. Um, we are joined tonight by a very special guest, JMU women's basketball head coach, Sean O'Regan. Welcome, Coach Thank you, gentlemen. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Good to be back. Oh, Thanks thank for joining us. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for the time. I mean, thank you as always. Uh, your team is exciting, and, and we're going to get to so many good stuff here. Um, Let's just start here. You got, I don't even know what to ask you. You got to be so excited just coming back to a regular season, right? Or a semi-regular season. Yeah. I mean, I mean, to be very honest with you, it's uh, I had like PTSD from last year. Um, It's just, you know, um, going into this thing where we can actually have fans and, um, you know, for a big game, be able to fill this place up that, you know, everything it's uh, I've been anxiously awaiting this um, for sure, because, um, to me, it's just last year wasn't the same and, and like, it was fine, you know, but it just wasn't the same. So, um, everything, everything we're doing, uh, having people come to practice, uh, media day type of stuff. I mean, all that, all that, um, you just missed out on all that last year. Um, being able to have the team to my house for dinner, like every, every little thing like that. Um, so yes, that, those are all the little things. What's going to be great is hopefully having about 5,000 when we play Virginia on November 9th and, and let's kick this thing off right. So, Yeah, absolutely. Talk about a great opener, <laughs> like to see that come together. Yeah, so you guys beat them in this in last year. Yeah, yeah. Um, weird though, right? And then, yeah, and then they quit on their season <laughs> soon after that. Um, but 
you 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 you're starting the season at home at the new bank center here with UVA and Maryland coming in. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't get much better than that for a JMU fan, right? I mean, uh, I mean, for a college fantastic. basketball fan, a college, for a college basketball, basketball fan yeah. in general, you know, JMU fans, great. I, re- I really yeah. hope so. Um, and, and you know, it's um, last year was. It was all weird because they they pushed back the start of the season to November 25th, and so that we had UVA coming last year to our place, and so when we pushed it back, that all the, those four games, like basically, you can figure out do you want to play them or not, and um, you know they were like, hey, can you come play here? And we, we were like, look, we got to return to you anyway. Let's do it now during COVID, you know, um, which I thought was a, a smart play. And then yeah, we went down there, we beat them by four, seventy one sixty seven. Um, and actually that was one of my, my, of course it was one of my favorite games all year, but you know, we really played, we went with our freshmen during that game. Jamia Hazel, uh, had a couple of really nice moves. Steph Odekirk played well. And so, um, it was kind of like, let's see what we can do. And we, we beat them with freshmen, but yes, weird that I think they canceled their season. I think right after that, I think it, it was, um, but no, it, excited to have, to have them on board, to come back here. Um, that will end our, our series with them. Hopefully we we're, we're trying to re up with them now, but, um, kick off with them. And then I think Maryland's preseason 12, which is like, um, yeah. actually I think even, I think top 10, I think they're top 10. I, yeah. I think they're like, I'm mixing, I'm mixing West Virginia in there too. I think I took the average. Yeah. yeah that, um, oh, but yeah. you know, it's obviously going to be a much tougher game, but we're much more equipped for that one than we were last year. And, and I joke with our team, we're up 19-16 at the end of the first quarter against them last year, and then give up 100 points. It's like, okay, you know? Uh, <laughs> right, right. Like, Jesus. Um, but, uh, no, th- th- to, to kick it off in, in the right way. I mean, people have been in the building now um, one way or another through a tour. Or, but but being able to kick it off with those two kind of headliners, um, you know, hoping for hoping for really good crowds and some entertaining basketball. You know me, I always try to win. but you know, as long as it's entertaining basketball, that's, that's, uh, that's what I think people are paying for. Yeah. Coach, are there any positives coming out of last year in terms of like dealing with adversity or did, or did you really learn anything about yourself or your team, or is it just, you're happy to turn the page and put it behind you? Um, that's a good question. Um, you know, I, I feel like self-reflection for me, I thought I, I thought I really didn't do a good job, um, pivoting well enough. Um, and it, it was, you know, you're, you're hanging on for dear life. You know, you're trying to listen to all the experts and all that stuff, but you're, you know, I just didn't feel like um, I put the team synergy first. Um, you know, that was kind of the criticism of myself, um, which I don't mind at all, Sharon. Um, and then, you know, really, you know, I think we've used that a little bit, like we've been through this. Um, but I think, you know, I'm more of with this particular team, um, some of our departures, which I, I don't mind talking about some of them. It's it's like um, it's a new year. It's a new team. Let's start fresh. Um, I love I love what we got. I love our um, togetherness, uh, you know, all, all that. I like our energy a lot. So for me, it's like, hey, let's move on from that. Let's create our own adversity this year. Um, because I, I really don't think we did well last year. And 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 point. I point inward first, you know, um, but that's kind of how I, that's kind of how I felt about last year. I'm telling you, PTSD, man, get it, get out of that. Yeah. Moving on. I'm out of that. Yeah. Um, yeah that's yeah. interesting. Cause like as a fan, I kind of viewed it, like you said, you said it was just weird and it was hard to get into as a fan, but I kind of approached it like, 
hey, it's just kind of bonus, yeah. like both for your team and the men's team, like get over the hump. It was a weird year, you know, with new coach, and new players. But then last year, with so many young players on your team and the freshmen, I just kind of viewed it as a fan as bonus time getting ready for this year. And I know that's probably not the best way to look at things, but that's how I approach the season. And so I'm really excited about this team and seeing how we saw so many freshmen really step up and get major minutes and improve themselves in, in a really weird season. Well, yeah, and, and to me – um I've said this before, but it's like, I didn't know if we were going to play four games or, or 20 games. Oh, yeah. So I was like, let's, yeah. we got to see the freshmen. I don't want to, you know, we got to see what happens here. And so uh, we went through some growing pains with that because we ended up playing, I think, 24 games. Um, but, but, but uh, no, I, I'm really excited. You know, um, I, I just think we've got, our leadership has grown. Um, our kind of togetherness has grown because of our leadership. Um, and there's a little bit more of order. Um, order in the ranks this year, just because, you know, there's proven players. I mean, Kiki's obviously the head of the snake. Um, but, you know, we've had like Maddie Green and Jalen Caradine have really just really like stepped up from a from a leadership and knowing me type of perspective, um, you know, and then and then I do think that I guess technically a sophomore class, they could all be freshmen again. But, um, <laughs> you know, Peyton McDaniel, rookie of the year, Jamia Hazel. So we've got you know, I'm really excited about our core. And again, it's a really, really positive group. Um, and they got, they got good energy. So I'm, I'm really, I've had a lot of, I've had, I've had so much more fun so far this year, even without a game or competition yet. So it's been a lot of fun. That's great great to hear. Yeah. Coach, I, I was just, we were looking at your roster and thinking about it, getting ready for this over the weekend. And, uh, I counted nine players who like played significant minutes in the spring. Yeah. Um, you know, how are you going to like, what's the plan here? You know, I mean, cause even I would, like you mentioned Odekirk and, um, you know, we we're even, I've seen you talking about Neff a little bit oh, in the yeah, preseason, mm-hmm. you know, like, um, and then you've got three actual freshmen right. on right. the team. Like, like I, I assume that, um, like, you know, what's the plan for kind of managing that this year? I mean, I assume all the kids, you know, they all want to be out they there. Do. Right now. They do. <laughs> you know? Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's going to be, um, in a, in a weird way, simpler, um, for me. And what I mean by that is, um, you know, the, the freshmen, they are no, no offense to them. They're going to be good players, but they're not stud freshmen. They're not, they're not coming in and, and bumping a junior out, um, or a senior out. They can chip in. Um, you know, I'll start Makaya Tynes, uh, she's from from Norfolk, Virginia. Really good player, six foot two, very knowledgeable. Um, I think is a steal. Um, she was doing great playing the kind of a backup center role. Um, she's got a minor injury, so she just has to sit out a couple weeks, which for a freshman right now is is just killer, and it's just going to slow her yeah. down. It's too mm-hmm. bad because she was really playing well. And then the other one, Sharice Pittman uh, from Richmond. Um, she she has a chance to be really good. Um, now, not quite Jazz Guathme, all right, but similar kind of <laughs> player. I don't put Jazz Guathme on that girl. Yeah, don't no, do I'm it. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but she's got that. She's 6'2". She's a guard. She's long. But but the speed of the game, the intensity of the game, she, it's just going to take her a sec. Now, she's going to be able to chip in minutes, but I can't, I can't see, you know, she's not coming in playing 30 minutes a game. Um, and then Bailey Williams, um, I actually really enjoy giving her some flack because she was in that freshman class last year. She just opted out. 
So when she came back, oh, okay. she's like, oh, I'm a, I'm a sophomore. I'm like, no, you're not. You know, I had them change the website. <laughs> like, nah, you're a freshman kid. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't give me that. You haven't, you haven't scored a basket over here. Let's go. So, right. um, <laughs> but she, she's done really well. She's actually something that we really don't have. And what I, what I kind of envisioned for her, and again, not 35 minutes a game. She knows that, but, um, she's a really athletic, hardworking, um, could be like a, a defensive specialist type of kid for us. Um, so, you know, we had an inter-squad scrimmage. I was trying to find a way to put her in, you know, under a minute to go, pick up the ball full court, that that type of thing. But um, awesome kid, man. Uh, I think I think won two state championships and came in runner-up in a third. So was a winner, uh, played point guard. Um, to, to kind of her credit, uh, we've changed her shot. So she's going through that process of of really um you know figuring that out but um those three again could chip in i don't think any of them are going to be major contributors and i don't think they would be surprised to hear me say that they better not be um (laughs) but no we've got it we've got the core so we've got you know uh maddie green has been really steady at the one jamia hazel has been playing mostly the two um, Kiki's obviously three, you know, but anywhere, two, three, four, she loves bringing the ball up too. Um, and then, you know, we've got a, a ton of options for five, um, you know, none of which are, we have one traditional five and Anna Goodman. Um, okay. and then the other ones are, are Claire Neff, Jalen Carradine, Steph Odekirk, uh, and then Peyton McDaniel will play two, three, four. So what I like about what we got going on right here. If you if you really take Anna out of the mix, which Anna will be good for us, but it is it reminds me of that. Um, I think it was thirteen fourteen team, which was like Toya Jiggets, who's five nine, playing the five. You know, Nikki Newman's running around, uh, Jazz Guafme running around, Kirby Burkholder running around, but but all kind of the same, not the same height, but positionless kind of. Um, everybody can do everything. Um, so I'm. You know, again, I just gave you, I don't know, probably eight or nine names. Brianna Tinsley, too. Brianna Tinsley's been, been good. Oh, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Um, you know, so that's – we've got all these probably eight or nine that can play pretty good minutes. And so, um, you know, I'm, I'm weighing how that's all going to shake out. But you could play nine, um, you know, and I think you will need nine regardless. Um, and that's without even the freshmen. You know, the freshmen are, are right now 10, 11, 12. Um, so okay. – um, we've got, we've got, we've got options and it's up to me to figure out how the, how the, the puzzle pieces are going to fit together, but that's what, that's what they pay me for, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what we wanted to ask you was, uh, you mentioned you don't have like a, I mean, with the exception of Goodman, you don't have like a traditional post, right. um, mm-hmm. you know, in the manner of, uh, we'll ask you about Kayla Cooper Williams right. in a second, but you know, like, um, you don't have that kind of a post player. Like, what's the plan for the boards this year? Yep. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, are, are, how much are you hammering this team? Hammer. I mean, just having watched a little bit last year. Yeah. 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 Is that is that a, a big emphasis here in yeah. preseason? Uh, yeah. Well, it is. And, and even Anna, Anna's not, Anna got, we, in her squad scrimmage, she got 10 rebounds, but it's not a natural thing for her. She's not an out of area rebound type of kid. Um, you know, but we've got enough. I mean, Claire, Claire Neff to me is, who well, I didn't even mention in my back. But um, no. that kid is as um, – she's like a savant. You know, it, it's, it, it's incredible. And I can't – sometimes I'm watching us play. I can't believe we have her on our team 
because she's a six foot two athletic, um, pretty tough, very vocal, very energetic kid that can shoot. It's like, wait, how do, how do we get this kid? This kid should be playing like this kid should be at, at the highest major you can find. And, and um, you know, so she's going to, you know, she was a kid. She had over 10 rebounds in the scrimmage. Kiki's right there with 10. So I think collectively, you know, I don't think we're going to have one, you know, 10, 11 rebound type of type of player. But um, we're going to have multiples, you know, Kiki, Claire, um, Anna, um, Steph and Jalen Caradon. I think they can fill the bucket up um, with Peyton. I think Peyton can end up with five. Um, and so um, we'll, we'll figure that part, you know, in, in Micaiah, if Micaiah times the freshman can get involved, we'll be, we'll be all right. She, that it's very, very natural for her. So I imagine by the time times is a, is a junior, she's a, she's a 10 rebound a game type of kid, but I don't know if she'll get there quite this year. Um, I hope so. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll figure that the, the, the defensive end and rebounding were my two things from last year that I really um, we were gonna we were gonna roll out this year and make sure we took care of that. Well, that makes sense. I mean, last year with so many young players playing, you know, unfortunately, defense is, is kind of the last <laughs> thing that people want to focus on. I'd imagine as a coach, it's gonna drive you crazy. Everybody comes and wants the ball in their hands, but if you really want to earn the minutes, right. it's probably easier to do the little things. It, it was it was hard team. last year with that because they didn't. I mean, it was get back. I'd rather play get back than yeah. play than just get a defensive stop, you know. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. but they they've learned and, and they've stepped up. I mean, Jamia Hazel being one, she's really understood the importance of it, and and um, I think that comes from tough conversations. It's like, you know, we we lost to Drexel, which you know I'm still scratching my head about, but I didn't play Jamia the last probably 15 minutes of the game, and that's with overtime, and she came in the very next day and said, "Tell me for real, like what, like why not?" And I said, I, you know, I didn't trust you on defense. Um, and so I think she, she's like, okay, you know, like I'll show you. And I like that. I like that from a player is really like, you know, not getting all uh, bent out of shape about it, but like, okay, that's, really yeah, that's, that's the real, that's the yeah. real answer. Let me fix that. Yeah. Um, I love that. Well, I, 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 so what, what did she do I, to fix that? Is it, is it a commit? Is it just a commitment exactly. to, to the team concept? I mean, she's got the talent. Defense is usually just. Well, and that's it, it's realizing like that's going to keep you on the floor. I mean, uh, Jamie is a kid. She could run forever. She could play forty minutes a game every game. Um, so I don't need you to do that. You know, I need you to do play every possession with the intensity required. And um, she's really she's she's still not at a ten, right? But she's she's working her way there and is definitely committed to it more than than her freshman year, which she just didn't quite understand how important it was to winning. Um, you know, and I heard something and I can't take credit for saying it, but I thought it was perfect. It's it's you know, defense is going to is going to ensure that you're going to win the game. Offense is going to is going to tell you how much you're going to win the game by. And I thought that was like a perfect way to put it is like nah, the defense will keep that opponent right there at 50. You know, if you can score 51, you had a bad day. But if you can score 79, you're, you're rolling. Um, and every other team I've had has understood that except for last year's team. So. <laughs> it was a tough one for me. I'm telling you, well, yeah, that was a hard circumstance too. I mean, coming out of not being able to practice with some of those young players before the season started, it makes it a lot harder. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Oh, well. Speaking of um, your staff and you know practice and everything, we're we're excited. We saw Kayla Cooper Williams still very much a part of the staff. Um, it looked like a little bit of change there. You know, anything you wanted to highlight for us? You know, in terms of uh, 
you know, how are, how's that shaking out and yeah. how's everything looking? No, I'll tell you, um, yeah. uh, I call her Coop, so I'm going to just call her Coop. Um, she's been, uh, she's been every year a little bit more of a surprise for me. Um, you know, she's playing her senior year and she's a, she's a tendonitis in the knee. You know, she has to warm up 30 minutes. She driving me crazy, you know, that type of thing before practice. And then very kind of like very quietly after the year, it was like, well, look, she, she's, she's done eligibility wise. She's going to be a GA. Does she want to hang around? And very quietly became like, I really like to coach. And it's kind of, it's the first real time that she expressed that to me. And I said, all right, well, look, come on, let's, and she was, she was awesome. And we've had former players in the past that think they want to do it, but then when it comes down to it, they don't really want to do it. Um, And it's okay, but Coop, Coop went the opposite way. So she took off. And so it became for me, I, we have to have her here. Um, and, you know, it was I, – I, I thought about her for a second with, with Coach Langford's departure of Stony Brook. Like, could we slide her into an assistant? And I, I just think she's a year or two away. Um, and credit to our administration, I went to him and said, look, we, we need a full-time position here. Like, we can't – you know, our graduate assistant is up. We got to keep her around. And I do need some experience from, from an assistant standpoint. So can can we create something here? And the men have a position like that. It's director of player personnel or whatever. One of those fancy titles. I love it. Um, <laughs> but but, you know, Jeff was like, yeah, let's do it. And and to to, to Charlie King and Jeff Warren, I mean, thank God. And so um, she's proved even more how, how valuable she is on a daily basis. Um, works really hard, always in the office. Um, and you know, we've been able to, there's been some COVID changes, right? So now if a coach goes recruiting, you can like activate coop, um, which you, you weren't able to do in the past to like be on the floor and coach on the floor. Yeah. Um, so those are some of the COVID rules have been (laughs) beneficial for, for her, but, um, she serves as a mentor to them too. It's a, it's a, it's a really, it's a perfect fit. Um, but no, I love our staff. We got a great flow going. Um, Ian, the, the 6'10 guy has, has kind of moved up into a, a more of, um, kind of really right-hand man type of role. And then we've got Sam Prahalis and Kashina Alexander, who are both pretty new, but, um, they're catching on quick. They're both big time players. Um, you know, they, uh, played against each other in the big 10. Um, they're both first team all league. So I got, I got some, uh, I got a coaching staff that can compete across the nation. Okay. Just keep, yeah. just yeah. let me stand in the corner. All right. But, but yeah. the, no, you can do the pull-ups. Exactly right. Yeah. I can do the pull-ups. That's true. On the pull-ups, I I mean, okay, I got to ask, right? So, A, how many did you end up with? Like, I did 20. I did 20. 20. Yeah. So, uh, did you know going in that you could do 20? Like, had you done 20 without an audience? No. (laughs) No. So, So, so I get it. I'm gonna tell you the full story because the full story is not on the internet, right? It's just the video. Um, So I'm in my office and Kiki calls me, FaceTimes me from the locker room. She says, Coach O, it's the last day of conditioning. Cody, our strength coach, is giving us things to do to get out of conditioning, but they're really hard. I said, okay. She said, no one's been able to do it. And I said, okay. She said, could you do 20 pull-ups? And I was like, that's what he, you know, because I do lift down there with him. So he knows me and he knows that's past my comfort zone. Um, so I say, oh, Keek, I can't do 20 and I could probably do like 12 or 13. 
And I said, unless you can like, let me like whip up, you know, like I can't do form pull-ups for 20. It's, I think that's like, I gotta be in the army for that. Um, <laughs> but she says, no, no, he'll let you whip, whip up. You can whip up. So I was like, I, I think I might be able to get 20. Like I've right, I'm like, and so I go down there cold and I'm like, I didn't think I was actually going to do it, but it was really like adrenaline. It was like, you're not getting down. You know, they're, they're, they're going to kill you if you get down off of this. So part of their excitement was that they got out of conditioning that day, which, um, you know, I actually it contemplated, like, do I get to 19 and then just stop and say, let's go. We got to run. Uh, but, but no, I thought it was uh, it was cool. It was really cool. I didn't know Coop was the one filming it. I didn't know she was going to film it. And their reactions were like that. That was fun. Oh. A lot of fun for fans to see that. Yeah, that was, that was great. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. And your team, Coach, I mean, you were the first one to tell us last year. It had never occurred to us um, with the transfer rules and all the COVID flexibility. Uh, you, were, I think, were the first one to tell us about, like, the need to continue recruiting. Yeah. Yes. Like, Every day. All the time. Every right? day. And I actually kind of laughed because um, you probably didn't pay attention to this, but um, I, I don't – I wouldn't – there was something that Coach Signetti said in his press conference today that um, I couldn't help but thinking was uh, in-season recruiting of his own players. Um, I, you know, I like it, he, he was giving—he was giving a little love to a player who does not play a lot yet. Oh. Um, and I was like, huh, I wonder it, why, hey, like, why was he going? Like, why is he being so effusive about yep. this? You know, like, moments. Yep. And I, you were the first one, but I, I really have to say, I mean. I, you could see the love when you were doing the pull-ups with your team and everything. And obviously, you know, you said you guys lost some players, but really your core yeah. is here. Like, you know, and they seem locked in and ready to go as a group. Yeah. So for fans, at least it's exciting, especially with the crazy out of conference schedule you guys have coming up. Um, yeah, no, we, <laughs> do. Is, <laughs> we do. Which is rather challenging. As you said, you got UVA and Maryland to start, then you play UNC Villanova, West Virginia, all, you know, in succession, I think, at Pretty one close. point. I don't know. Yeah, I was um, – I'm still confused about why your December 20th game at George Mason is at 3 p.m. on a Monday. I, I, their choice. Uh, their choice. I was like, okay, hey, yeah, I don't know. Maybe somebody can get on a flight at, at 7. I don't know. Huh? Well, I, yeah. I'm taking off early to walk up there and watch <laughs> that one for sure. So don't yeah, – but, yeah. Um, oh, well, yeah. Coach, can we, can we talk a little – I don't mean to yeah, jump out of the the softball experience, yeah. the excitement, yeah. how much of an impact has that made both in terms of motivating you as a coach, but also the impact on kind of recruiting? Has that helped at all, the notoriety? Or really, I would think for women's basketball, it's got to help because it's showing how JMU is a really unique school and the support is there beyond just football and men's basketball. It really is passionate about the entire athletic program. Yeah. How, how has that impacted? Yeah, um, yeah. No, good. that's a good question. Um more in recruiting than our team. Our team obviously followed, right? I mean, it's a, it's a, anybody who's, I think anybody's at our school and anybody's playing a sport, if you're not following, I, I don't know what you're doing. Um, right. You know, so I think that was the easy part for me. What I've really talked about in recruiting and I don't feel like this is over, overselling. All right. And this is kind of what my point to our recruits is, is that, okay, I think, um, you know, softball's been at that level for quite a while. And what it takes for a team at that level is like one or two plays that really get you to, to a whole nother level. And they did that. I mean, Odyssey was awesome. I mean, all of them. Um, but, you know, so 
you know, I feel like we're, I feel like we're there at that level. Now we've had COVID and uh, broken hands and all kinds of stuff that's held us out of the tournament, but all it takes is like a couple good bounces, you know, and when you win a game to get to another game, now all of a sudden you're, you're playing with monopoly money and you're letting it fly. And now all of a sudden you beat somebody else. And now the, the, this is what I try to get to is like, they're in the, they're in the world series and they're the darling. Right. But if, if like, you know, I don't know all the other teams, but let's say Georgia, an unranked Georgia team, man, no one, no one's, they're not, they're not a, a darling. darling. No, no one, no one, no, no, it's no. not a national story. Right. And so, no. so that's who we can be. And I'm trying to talk to recruiters like, Hey, you could, you could have, um, um, I don't want to say Virginia tech cause I, I don't want to do that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but like, you know, um, Wake Forest, Wake Forest makes right. a run and a darling. You know, they could be a nice no. team and a nice story, but it's, you know, like it's a JMU or, um, you know, a GW or, and, and I'm not trying to, but, you know, like a Dayton where it becomes a darling. Mm-hmm. It's the Butler, right? The Brad yeah. Stevens Butler. Uh-huh. And so that's kind of what I talk about in recruiting. And they do know. They're like, oh, yeah, I remember, you know, I saw that. I watched them. Um, and I'm not, I'm not afraid to say it, but I do think it was a, another element of this that Odyssey was black. Mm-hmm. You know, and so she's she's got all the screen time. I think that was another level of recognition in the times and all that stuff. I thought was was just an absolute awesome thing. So, um, you know, I have talked about it a lot in recruiting, um, and I think that's what that's like essentially what we're trying to do is to get a really special yeah. group, right, yeah. and make a run. Yeah. And like, now is it Final Four? And I would, you know, I would, I'd be, I might yeah. hang it up after that, man. But, um, you know, that, that, that idea of like, hey, let's, you know, if you if you win two games and you're in the Sweet 16, this Harrisonburg That's will be insane, want. insane. And, yeah. you know, I don't think we're far off of that. Um, you know, I think we got work to do. Now, don't get me wrong. But, um, you know, again, you, you, That's it, it's an achievable, That's achievable. goal yeah. with a special, mm-hmm. um, really, really together trusted group, which I think maybe nah, I can't say this year over any other year. I don't think we had quite the talent we had with Smalls and, and Benitez and Cooper Williams. We don't have that same talent, but it's it's mm-hmm. close. And I think the t- togetherness can always take you a little bit over the top. I mean, obviously you need talent, but well, it's funny to mention that because I think actually most of us who have been watching both your program and softball for a long time, I, I'm not. I actually think this year's softball team was probably, yeah. you know, it, it, real truth serum. I think maybe a little less talented. Right. Than some of those earlier Megan True. Good, Megan, Jalen Ford, teams. Odyssey, yeah. even when Odyssey was young, it's, but already a part of the pro- like they had some teams that were maybe more talented. True. But this team just came together at the right time and they got this little break with COVID to get right. Kate right. and Odyssey back. And, and, you know, I mean, it just, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I like it. I, I like where you're going. Feel, yeah. Tell me more. No. Yeah. I feel the same <laughs> way about your team. I mean, I, and, and you're right. I mean, all of us are college basketball fans first and foremost. Right. And, just making the Sweet 16 is the thing. No doubt. Having no. that three or four days between making it to the Sweet 16 and when it starts is the every fan's dream, right? Every player's dream to have that other week of press and right. travel and fun. And, I mean, yeah, to see what the softball team, the way they did it this year in terms of, you know, as they advanced to kind of, like, enjoy that yes. run. 
yeah. you know, each week. It seemed like uh, <laughs> we just we're rooting for that to see it again with your your group for sure. No, it, that, it was special, <laughs> oh. man. Lauren Lauren did an awesome job. I mean, it's like it's it was so cool for them, the school. I mean, it was really awesome. I mean, you know, the fact I, I'm in, I'm you know, I'm in. I was actually in Atlanta at the time. Um, and I'm sitting at a bar watching JMU softball on TV. I mean, in the in the it was, I mean, come on, man, that's that's storybook style. Yeah, it was fantastic. Uh, so you got Drexel. Yep. Um, who else in the conference this year? You know, who are we competing with? As they all hate us. Now. <laughs> uh, right? so, uh, no, it'll be it'll <laughs> as we continue to complain about flow sports. So, yeah. uh, it'll be Delaware, Drexel. Um, I think Towson. Towson's got a ton of new players, so I I don't quite know where they'll end up. Um, they lost a pro. They lost Jeter, um, but they got. I think with their their sheet I looked at had like nine newcomers. Um, so I don't know. I think they'll be in the mix, but I think that the top two really Delaware Drexel. Um, and it's it's really it's hard to tell. I mean, Delaware steamrolls the league last year, wins the regular season at sixteen and two, but I don't you know, they they didn't play everybody. They play I think they played Hofstra four times and Northeastern four times. And it's you know anyway, so different year. <laughs> Um, and then Drexel gets hot and squeaks, you know, squeaks past us in the semis and then beats Delaware in the championship. So, you know, I, I think Drexel returns a lot. Um, they got a good core of kids. They added one kid I really like from Bucknell. Um, and then Delaware, I just think they have the player of the year with Jazz Dickey. Um, and I think she's their fuel. So I think they'll be really good. So I think both of those two will be good. I think Towson kind of dark horse. Um, and then, I think the rest of the league is 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 just there right now. I think Hofstra's um, going to be more towards the top of the pack, but not 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 ready to be one, two, or three. Um, no and then you know there's some some rebuilds going on. But but yeah. Delaware Drexel, uh, those are the, those are the ones I'm circling. And how about of course we start with them and finish with them in the conference schedule. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> of, course. of course. Well, it's good for the let's, suspense. Let's, of the get yeah. Yeah. let's get it going. Let's get it going. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. So last thing, I I don't know. I mean, are you enjoying your socks here? Yeah, absolutely. I uh, mean, they're yeah, killing yeah. the ball. I mean, it's a little bit unexpected uh, the way the last the season wound down, right? And then they've sort of cranked it back up after beating the Yankees. Talk about a team that had no expectations and the togetherness, man. This is another story like that. I mean, uh, you know, my wife and I are now at the time when they hit another home run, we're like, put them in the cart, put them in the cart, because they do the cart thing. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's, uh, they're becoming like, you know, the, the first Red Sox team that won, it was the idiots, you know. Um, they're kind of yeah. reminding me of that. They don't care. They're just out there swinging and, and, uh, and hitting bombs right now. So it's been a lot of fun. I hope they can, I hope they can keep it going because they could uh, – I'd love to see them in a Dodger series um, and, and return the favor to Mookie Betts, you know. That would be great. <laughs> Dodgers ain't looking too promising. Right no, no, now, down, down two, down two. Yeah. Uh, well, what about your C's as, as the NBA tips off tonight? I'm curious about. I'm really oh. curious about the how that's going to work with Brad kind of moving up and departing, and they got they got a new coach. It's like I kind of I, I kind of missed that. You know, it was like, wait, he's not coaching. You know, I was listening to a podcast right. with him, and, and it's like, wait, you're like the general manager. Okay, all right. Um, but no, it's uh, I, I don't know if they yeah, the Nets are the one, right? So the Nets, the Nets are 
if they get older, yeah, they, if they, they get everything in order, there's yeah. no touching the Nets. All right, that's that's. Yeah, the problem is I just don't know if the Nets like those three guys. Like, I don't think you can rely on the three of them to be healthy. Right, you would think through the whole, especially this year when everyone's still kind of piling on. I don't know. I mean, I feel Rob and I feel it just covering football in the spring and doing it again yeah, now. Right, right. I can only imagine how the players feel like. Like having gone through the last three, se- or this will be the third season in third, yeah, true, weird like COVID. eighteen That's months, true. you know. I, I, and then obviously one of their players may not be available to start the season, and then I, I don't know if we can rely on the others to make it to the final. So I don't know. The East feels well. Then the Sixers, you got uh, that's, 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 drama. That's, that's, true. that's true. That's dangerous. I felt bad. I, I don't know. I felt bad for Doc today. I, I don't know. It's dangerous, man. I, I know you don't want to have to deal with that. No, like no, please no. Tough well, way to start no. your first practice. Right and then now. Embiid just pretty much said, "He's I'm done with the man. I don't talk to him. I don't worry about him. Like that's Don't not good. Fire. That's not a happy no, locker room." No, but I don't understand. I mean, I don't understand how all these other teams like everybody wants to trade Simmons yep, somewhere. Yep. But I'm not trading for no. Simmons. You want that? No. Like, no, I don't want no. to do like I don't he didn't he passed up a dunk in a playoff game. Like I don't yeah. know what you want to like yeah. I, I can't deal with no. that. No, no, so, no. no, but somebody like no. you know, like uh not even New Orleans, but somebody like that would probably kill for yeah. him. Uh, but you know but everybody wants him to trade Dame yeah. for him. I'm like, we're not trading Dame for Ben Simmons. <laughs> no. Bradley Beal is not going for no. Ben Simmons. No. Like, no. No. no, please not. Not happening. No, it's a dumpster fire. No. And, and you're talking, and we, no. just, we don't even talk about the champs for the Bucks. you know, which is like, right. Giannis is like, Giannis reminds me of like a Jasmine Dickey where it's like, he's running that thing. Like they're going to be good because he's hungry for it. And I don't, you know, they got to, they got to deal with winning one and, and, you know, all that. But um, I can't see the Celtics. I think they'll be the cute four seed, five seed. Um, I can't see them doing anything substantial. I mean, they're they're good. They, I love their I love their core too. But they got to make a leap. Tatum and and, and um, you know um, Jalen Brown got to make the leap. Um, and Marcus Smart's got to check his shot selection. Okay, that's that guy. He loves flying off. I love that guy. He's like one of my favorite players. But stop shooting threes. Give the ball. Give the ball to Tatum. Let him score fifty. Yeah. Well, we just wrapped up the finals in the W. Really yep. good. Yeah. Impressive run from Chicago. Um, I have to say, I'd kind of gotten attached to Phoenix there on the little run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah uh, they, they were outplayed thoroughly. But I was thinking about your players. So do you – I mean, obviously we see you, like, keep in touch with mm-hmm. them here and there. Um, you know, there's – but what are fans not seeing? I know a few of them are playing overseas. Like, you know, do you follow that? Or is there anything you yeah, can no, sort um, of – Keep us up to date on the, you know, um, Smalls is the one small sends me her link to her game every game. Um, now I've been able, I think she's played four. I've been able to watch two of them, but like, you know, it's Saturday. I got my kids playing flag football or something. I'm trying. So, um, you know, I, I keep up if, if she can help me do it. So the best way I keep up with the stats is like, um, I have a, uh, basically an email that sends me Kamaya small scored 21 and six, Kirby Burkholder had 17 and 11, you know, and so we have them. Um, if you can believe it, we have a uh, former player, Dee Dee Griffin. Um, mm-hmm. She's playing, um, I think, in Romania. So, um, you know, Jackie Benitez is playing actually against Kirby Burkholder in Puerto Rico. So there's been some cool ones. Um, Jazz is just getting going um, because she's coming off the Olympic thing. So she's over there in Italy, but I haven't seen her actually. I don't think she's played a game yet. 
Um, you know, it's still a little early for some of those teams. Um, but Kamaya's team was awesome. Kamaya, Kamaya's team got her over there. She, she was upset because she wanted to go to Logan Reynolds' wedding. And her team wanted her to come over <laughs> to see if they could qualify for the Euro Cup. And they did. Oh, and they yeah. shouldn't. They, they yeah. went to Russia, beat a team on the road, and now they're qualified for the Euro Cup. And I was like, I told you not to go to the wedding. You know, like, you'll be, you can see <laughs> right. them when you get back, you know? Right. <laughs> no, it's, it's, we got a fun group over there. I'm glad they're, they're, they're most of them are being successful. So, good. Cool. It's good oh, to hear. Great to hear. Well, thank you, Coach. Uh, Rob, you got anything else here? I, no, just uh, really appreciate you jumping on with us. Yeah. Of yeah, I, we, we didn't even ask you about the men's team this year. So, I mean, you know. We can't, we can't um, miss that, man. I'll tell you what, that guy's done a great job. And uh, the fact that, like, and I'm, I'm listening a little, you know, I try to really stay in my lane, but I'm listening that, I mean, this guy gets him worst to first, but has the player of the year, okay, who's a, yeah. who's a pro. Matt yeah, Lewis yeah. is a pro. And now For sure. he's, they're picked first. I mean that that testament. Or I don't know if they're actually picked first, but they're, they're yeah. all their ratings and stuff, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. That goes to show you what he's done in a very very short period of time. Now he, you know, it's all preseason stuff, and, and it's all fine. But yeah. um, the culture, man, of work around that that office and those players is well done. Uh, that's all I gotta say. So. Yeah, uh, I'm learning. I'm learning stuff well, from Mark Byington. I'll tell you that right now. Oh, nice. Sure, well, and we learned that well. we learned yeah. tonight that Coop did the uh, video of you doing the pull-ups. But whoever's doing the social media for both men's and women's programs, it's, it's been a, yeah, it's been a really good six months or so with that. Well, stuff. his very honestly, um, his um, his group <coughs> excuse uh-huh. me, <coughs> has really pushed me. You know, because it's like okay. man, they're putting stuff out every day. Like, what are we doing? Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. We got. And so, um, you know, it's really pushed me to, to really get Coop and, and say, hey, look, you, if you need, you know, this, this, this manager and this manager to do it. Um, but he's got a little war room over there. Those guys are those guys are good. And they've invested in that. And I think that's part of, you know, I think that's the change, right, is selling virtually um, versus yeah. versus everybody traveling and getting on planes and stuff like that. So um, he's done a great job with it. And uh, he, he he's running the ship over there. So. Well, you guys have your own media day on Thursday, yeah. right? Yeah, I'm excited about that. Yeah. Yeah, we're gonna, um, nice. we'll see what we get out of that. Um, but and, you know, I, I thought it was a good thing, like get get people back in and get to get to know the players a little bit more, and that's really what we're doing it for. Good, and and you guys are hosting the tournament. Yeah, yeah, can't right. wait. So that's gonna be. I know, I know. <laughs> can't wait. Oh, Fill it up. That place is so. It's so nice. I, yeah, it's going to be really fun. <laughs> Got to fill it so. up. We'll, we'll take care of our part, but but uh, JMU Nation, take care of your part, you know? Yes. Oh, I'm sure yeah. they will, particularly after yeah. the break last year, not being able to go see right. games. Right, you know? um, yeah. Or not, well, I mean, I guess limited fans last sure. year. But no, but it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't. Yeah, it's not it the same thing. Not yeah. the same thing. No. So. Oh, well, thank you, Coach. This means the world to us. We love talking to you, and uh, good luck to your Red Sox the rest of the way. Anytime, trust me. It's, it's easy rooting against the Astros. For all of us. <laughs> <laughs> like, That's a fact. That's a fact. Yeah. Yeah. No, thank all you guys. Right. I appreciate you having me. Hey, Thanks, guys. Thanks, coach.